0: whiskey and risk a j crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey i'm max and i'm jackson let's get into it cheers check check can you hear me all right ricky how do i sound am i good
1: check check recording the podcast
0: baby. let's go Welcome back to Whiskey and Risk. I am your host, Max Katzbeck. And I'm Jackson Doyle. Today, we're really excited to bring you something new to our podcast. We're actually going to have our first guest, Connor Walsh. He's going to be explaining the background on reps and warranties insurance coverages. So something specific to the private equity industry or companies that are looking to acquire different companies under their parent company umbrella. So we're excited to have him on the show so today we're going to be drinking on some Weller Special Reserve. Shout out to Ricky. Thanks Shout out for Ricky. bringing yep. that in. Pulled it up online. It's actually made by the same distillery as Buffalo Trace, my all-time favorite oh, bourbon. Yeah, it's actually on the Buffalo Trace website. So oh. from the website, the original weeded bourbon whiskey features an exceptionally smooth taste, substituting wheat for rye grain. Bottled at 90 proof, this bourbon stands out with this burnt orange color. It's softer flavor notes make this bourbon great for sipping or making cocktails. Sounds pretty smooth to me. It tastes pretty smooth, too.
1: What do you think, Jackson? I agree, and it actually makes sense that it's in the Buffalo Trace family. Now that I'm looking at the bottle here, I mean, it looks like the exact same. It's got the same kind of taste, too. It's
0: like a nicer Buffalo Trace. Tasting notes on this one. A sweet nose with a presence of caramel. Tasting notes of honey, butterscotch, and a soft woodiness. It's smooth. It's delicate and it's calm. Features a smooth finish with a sweet honeysuckle flare. That sounds pretty good, and that's kind of what I'm feeling right now too. Yep, they described it perfectly. They described it perfectly. So thanks again, Ricky, for this bottle. Um, I'm really enjoying this so far. It looks like Jackson's chugging through his. I'd like to see that. Like to see that. We wanted to also take this time to give a quick employee
1: shout out. Jackson, would you? Do- <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out this week to an employee that just means a lot to everybody in the office. She mainly works in the benefits world. I'm on the group health side, but... Miss Colleen, Coco Loco, as we refer to her. She has plenty of other nicknames in the office, but... All good. All good, and really helps everybody out on their accounts, even us in the PNC world. If I'm talking to anybody in regards to their group health needs or have a question, you know, even on a personal side, I've had some health insurance questions. I go to Colleen. Very helpful, but also just energy and attitude being brought into the office is something that you just can't replace. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I work with Colleen on a day-to-day basis, as I have a little bit of background in the employee benefits side as well, working with group health clients. And essentially what I do is I'm the point of the spear. I'll work with new potential clients, get their demographic information, explain the different plan designs to them, help them select what's best for their group. And once we bring them on, it's really just them dealing with Colleen and our, our employee benefits team, Ricky included, who works with Colleen as well. And I have so much faith, honestly, when I bring in a new health insurance client, because I know I'm giving it to Colleen and her team and I I've never heard one bad thing. I mean, she's great with our clients. She'll fight for them. She's a bulldog on the phone with the carriers Mm -hmm. trying to get claims paid, get everything expedited. So I really enjoy working with Coco Loco. So thank you so much, Coco, for all that you do. We really do appreciate it. Yep. Shout out, Coco.
1: One last time. Shout out, Coco. Shout out, Coco. So
0: outside of that, though, Jackson, what's been new with you? I know you've been busy. I know getting towards the end of the summer. You've been out of the office, you know, trying to drum up some new business and have been pretty successful. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your professional data Yeah.
1: Things have definitely been busy. It's been a busy summer, getting out, meeting new people, but then also still on the grind of bringing in some new business. Mm-hmm. So that's just been really busy. And the thing about renewal dates and things, planning months ahead of time is that months seem to go by faster. So yeah. you've got a lot to get done prior to the renewal dates. And then I have my first stream of renewals coming around. So right. finding the balance, which is new and nice, but also you know, busy is not a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah. Just mainly filling the pipeline. I have been getting out of the office, playing some golf some other networking events, all good things. And I think we're going to have a really big third and fourth quarter. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. No, I've seen you out of the office, you know, meeting with people, which is fantastic. And it's a an interesting part because I feel like you've, become very confident and knowledgeable in the coverages and, you know, the cold outreach and, and building that new book, but now it's a matter of continuing to do that and also managing your existing book and working those renewals, and it just kind of adds a little something different to the day-to-day, and I think you've been handling it very well, so... Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, know, love to see it. Love to but, see it from the kids. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: but how about on your end? How are things going?
0: I mean, pretty What's similar new? to you. Brought in a couple of new clients this past week, and, you know, I don't have a ton of renewals in the summertime so july august you know i do have a couple renewals but the meat of it is the beginning of the year and the end of the year yeah So that gives me a lot of time to focus on my new business developments. You know, obviously, I have developed a book of clients that I'm getting referrals from, and that's great, but you always want to be, you know, looking for the next and seeing who else you can help. A lot of my time, a lot of my focus has been on getting out of the office, meeting with current clients for lunch, different centers of influences, trying to build a network around me. So instead of, you know, the cold outreach to businesses, I want to get a group around me that's very knowledgeable in their own trade, whether that's a CPA, a banker, real estate brokers. Just having a solid group of guys behind me that can assist my clients with their specific needs, and I can assist their clients if they have an insurance need, and I've found that that warm introduction from a center of influence, it's a win-win. It makes them look good. I'm able to bring on a new client, and the success ratio of having that referral tends to make the deal close a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, life's been good. Life's good, as Drake said. Yeah.
1: has been. What else you got going on?
0: Outside of that, I think our next segment would just be an interesting insurance article.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I know it's hard to find insurance-related news topics that are interesting, so we do our best to try to, to keep it light on the pod, but I did want to bring up one article that I found. It was about Amber Heard. I know this was about a month or two ago, but I read an article online that Amber Heard, obviously she lost that court case, over $10 million in damages. They're losing to Johnny Depp. Deff- in that court case. Um, she yep. was awarded $2 million, So it sounds like at the end of the day, it's about $8 million that she is owing the court. On top of that, she has a $6 million buildup of legal fees. And apparently she has filed a claim with her insurance carrier, New York Marine and General Insurance Company. And essentially she has a $1 million dollar liability policy a lot of people, when they think of liability, they think of bodily injury, property damage. So someone comes to your home, your business, trips on something, breaks their leg, sues you, that's bodily injury. Another part of that policy, though, is advertising injury, slander, libel, things of that nature. And she's trying to find coverage under her policy. She has a million dollar limit. However, New York Marine and General Insurance has already come out and said that they will not be covering any of those costs. Even up until that million dollar limit, they won't be covering her defense costs because it's... In the state of California, an insurer is not liable for loss caused by the willful act of the insured. So kind of an interesting fact. In this article, it also does say that Travelers commercial insurance is another one of our carriers. Now, I don't know the breakdown if it's which one's commercial, which right. one's personal. But Travelers, on the other hand, is providing some coverage and is going back to the other carrier and seeing if they can split the damages up to that million dollar limit. So just something interesting that I found online. Uh, one of the big things is that amber heard really didn't keep the carrier in the loop when it came to selecting the defense team yeah had she used the defense team that the carrier was suggesting to use, their defense team, things might have been a little bit different, but essentially she picked her own defense team, proceeded with that, and cut the carrier out. Now that she's lost the case, she's looking to the carrier to provide some coverage. But one, she didn't use their defense team, didn't keep them in the loop, the carrier in the loop, and two, it was a willful act as determined by the court case. So who knows where this will go, but I thought it was kind of an interesting topic
1: there. Yeah, so she lost to Johnny Depp and then now has lost with her insurance carrier. The double whammy. We call that 0 for 2. Yeah, not sounding too good for Amber. Not sounding too good for Amber. That case just dragged on a little longer than anybody anticipated and got ugly, but you know, just shows that insurance sometimes doesn't cover everything, but that you should take the proper precautions to set yourself up as you should. Yeah, and it also shows that, you know, each carrier might deem a claim differently, you
0: know, so Travelers is covering this claim. The other carrier is not covering the claim. That's kind of where it comes down to working with a broker that's presenting you in the best light to your carrier. Making sure you're working with the right carriers that are going to cover a claim in the event that you need to use them. I mean, that's why you purchase insurance. Now, I don't know, like I said, the specifics of you know what they're going to for the carrier and why they're exactly declining, other than it was indeed willful. But it is interesting that one carrier is providing some coverage and the other one's not. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's another great day in insurance. This is Connor. We'll let him give a little bit more of an intro on himself.
0: Our first guest, too, so no pressure or anything, but we are excited to have you on Whiskey and Risk. And Connor's got a glass of the Weller Special Reserve poured up. It looks like he's doing some damage on that thing, too. What are your first thoughts? What are your first thoughts? Very oaky. Okay. Hints of whiskey. Wow. I like that. Yep. Very true. True statement. Smooth.
2: It's going down swiftly. Nice. On a nice Monday afternoon at 3 p.m.
1: So give us a brief intro on Connor, and then dive into what you got for us today. Yeah, what's your background, what do you do here, and what are we going to be talking about?
2: Connor Walsh, I've been with Jay Krug for five years now. I started as an account manager and then pretty quickly moved over to sales. And today, I'm excited to talk to you about a new product, or at least a new version of a product that's existed in the marketplace for a while. It's called Reps and Warranties Insurance. So To understand reps and warranties, you need to understand the basics of mergers and acquisitions. When someone is buying a business, the seller will obviously make certain representations about their business and say, this is how much revenue we do, this is the relationships we have with our customers, this is how many contracts we have, all of that is tangible information that a buyer is going to look at. Now, traditionally, if I was going to buy a business, I might set aside X amount of money into escrow in a side account, and I might hang on to that for two years and say, you know, if the milk turns out to be sour, I'm not going to release the rest of this money to you. You know, I don't think that you were very fortuitous or forthcoming
0: about the state of your business. You know, a few things happened. How much goes into an escrow account when you're looking to acquire a company and you're saying, here's the purchase price, but I'm not going to give you all of that now. I'm going to hold a little bit back and see if everything that you said actually turns out to be true. That so it, a- it varies, but like let's say $10 million
2: transaction, probably $2 million, about 20%. So 80% would be paid out to the seller and then 20% would be kept back for probably about 24 months. Okay. So traditionally, reps and warranties would be too expensive for a $10 million. It would be probably over $350,000 in premium for a policy. So at that point, you just use the
0: escrow account?
2: You would just use the escrow, or in certain circumstances, you might just do nothing. You might just accept... And, you know, a lot of sellers, it's been a seller's market lately, and they can kind of be in the position to say, I'm not going to accept any risk. You need to basically waive all and any rights of repercussion against me going forward. But things are kind of settling down on that front. So instead of having to pay $375,000 on a $10 million transaction, which just doesn't make sense. I mean, the ratio is just not there. No one's going to pay X amount for a $10 million transaction. Mm -hmm. So what a group of individuals out of Australia have come up with is why not streamline and automate the underwriting process for reps and warranties, which is probably the most cumbersome aspect of it, which makes it so expensive. Right. Why don't we set aside a separate team that can automate this process for deals under 25 million and we can start pushing a product out to the marketplace. That's maybe more in the $50,000 to $80,000 range and really capture small enterprise transactions. So they are only appointing X amount of brokers in the country, one of which is us, Jay Krug. So if you have any M&A deals coming up, please give us a look. But there's really no other competition for this level of product in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. No one else is targeting that sector. So a little bit about reps and warranties and how it works is it's really a breach of contract coverage. So let's take it from the seller's perspective. Let's say I'm selling a business to Max and I'm a manufacturer with X amount of contracts. I have, let's say I have 20 customers mm-hmm. and I go around and I tell all 20 of them, hey, by the way, um, you know, in six months, I'm going to sell my business to Max. Just wanted to give you a heads up. And 10 of them say, I don't really like that idea. I've had a couple people kind of Waiting second in line to get my business. I think I'm going to take my business there, and I don't tell Max that. Mm-hmm. And he closes on the transaction, well, all of a sudden, 50% of the contracts are gone, and the business is worth a hell of a lot less than it was before. So yeah. Valuing
0: the business at almost double of what it will actually be because those clients had that insider information that wasn't disclosed to right. them. Right, the and I, them. I might have had an indication that they were leaving, but you know, I don't really feel like telling Max that. Trying to Max cash that. out and
2: live on a boat for the rest of your life. Correct. Yeah. A yacht in the Mediterranean is a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a breach of contract. And that's more of a tangible item. So intangibles would be, for example, all these PPP loans that have been going around during COVID. I mean, there's no guarantee of what percentage of that's going to be forgiven or all these tax credits going around, employee tax retention credits. That's all kind of subject to change and scrutiny. So you're not really going to be guaranteed any sort of representation or warranty as respects to that. Okay. Anything intangible like that. So, I mean, that's really the benefit of it is for the buyer of a business, it protects you from any misrepresentation over the tangibles of a company. Their revenues, their customer contracts, the state of their customer contracts, the legality of a business. Cannabis industry would be a good example of that. It'd be pretty hard to get a reps and warranties policy
0: for the cannabis industry right. because it's federally illegal. So no one really wants to get involved with that. Up until this time period with this new product, as you said, slight plug to Jay Krug. only a enough- number of agents and brokers and advisors have access to in the country. Outside of that product, though, at what level do PE firms, mergers and acquisitions that realm, do they start looking at reps and warranties coverage? Because I'm assuming this is commonplace for middle to large market companies, but wasn't available to the small middle market. So where does the traditional reps and warranties come into play? Probably at least $25 million as the transaction amount. So you're saying $25 million of the purchase price. So this company does $5 million in revenues. They've got a, you know, a five times multiple they're being purchased for 25 million anything maybe above that level is going to be Reps yeah. and warranty zone and Especially something more like 50, 100 million. Right. I mean, traditionally, 100 million is
2: probably where it starts to be beneficial. You can definitely get quotes for 25 million to 100 million, but anything below that would have been completely unfeasible because of the costs. Right. And it's so expensive because essentially you need to have all these underwriters gain access to the investment bank due diligence room and go through all the financials of an organization, review their contracts. They basically almost act as a second set of eyes due diligence wise almost acting as an investment banker or like a private investigator too you know essentially yeah they perform a lot of due diligence on the financials of a company and that takes time and there's a cost associated with that and even in addition to the premium there can be an underwriting fee sometimes of 50 grand so, so
0: with, it's an expensive product but on a larger deal percentage wise it makes sense right Okay. Yeah. The group that we've gotten in touch with is specializing in transactions between
2: 1 and 25 million, trying to keep the premium That's pretty low then. It's it's significantly lower. I mean, there's premium floors of 250,000 for most reps and warranties programs with the likes of the Hartford and the Travelers, but this new program can go down to 50 grand and keep the underwriting fees down as low as 15 grand. So, it's just completely tapping into a new market sector and I think it's going to make a lot of big waves in the private equity investment banking
0: around in M&A space going forward yeah For like Twitter, Elon Musk, is that something that Elon probably should have purchased or had purchased? I know he's on the hook for a billion dollars or whatever now for exiting that deal. I mean, he claiming that those representations of whatever the Twitter bots or I don't know the specifics. I just know that the deal is falling through and that acquisition. Is that like a realm where this would come into play? Well, a reps
2: and warranties policy is usually up to the transaction limit. And I don't know too many carriers that have the readies for 43 billion sitting around to wait around so that would probably be too large of a transaction for a carrier to handle and it would also depend on what's being underwritten so i mean that would probably get limited down to a certain amount a certain limit on the policy with high deductibles and elon musk would probably be too stubborn of an individual to think that his own due diligence
0: was subpar that he needs this type of policy okay as an individual we all know elon musk Okay. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it sounds like an advantageous product for companies in the smaller market that never had access to this. And the point of the podcast is not specifically to plug our own products and services. It's more of an educational type thing. But it is interesting that, and it does, I think, speak a lot that we're one of the only firms to have access to this new product. So, like Connor said, if you have any need for that, if you're in the PE space, feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk to you more about it. But um, yeah, Connor, thank you so much. We appreciate you diving in. Thanks for coming Um, on. Reps and warranties. I mean, is something that I've never written a policy of. I don't think Jackson has either. So, not yet. Not yet, yet, exactly. That's what we like to say. So anyways, thank you so much, Connor. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of our listeners for joining us
1: today. Yep, yep. Thanks for Um, tuning in. As always, like, comment, subscribe. New to the podcast, actually, we're about to have an email available. To we our do listeners. have the email available. Yep, so we're gonna we're gonna plug that on our next post. So look out for that on social.
0: If you have any questions, if you want to hear about anything in particular, if you're a
1: listener, feel free to uh, shoot us an email. Jackson, what's that email address? It is simply at whiskeyandriskatjcrub.com. Like I said, we'll link that to the next post when when this podcast goes live. And as always, like, comment, and subscribe. But yeah, send in any comments, any questions, any topics you guys want us to discuss, and we'd be happy to dive a little deeper into that. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Cheers.